You're tuned into a special movie review from the Comics Pals. This time we are here to talk about Joker. Uh, maybe the most controversial movie in in recent memory, at least. Uh, the only thing that I can think of that's been this controversial is uh, Star Wars. Uh, Dark episode... Phoenix. Yeah, okay. That was <laughs> universally hailed as one of the best movies of all time. So, Listen, if you want to disagree, you can get out of here now. Oh, okay. Um, all right. I guess I'll see you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we uh, live we in a society, Joker. Sean. You can't just say that things have unanimous praise, okay? All right. If you say so. <laughs> uh, we saw Joker yesterday. We would have actually, well, for us yesterday, we we're busy with Comic Con and all that kind of jazz. Uh, we would have put it out sooner, this review, but, you know, someone uh, drank a lot and uh, was unavailable. Uh, anyways, we're not even going to say who it was. We're going to let them guess. Oh, shit. Anyway, <laughs> like we that. are the Comics Pals. And if you want to find us all over the internet again, that is the Comics Pals all over the place. Uh, make sure to like, comment, do all the internet stuff. We really appreciate it. All of that is free to do, and it helps us out a lot more than it costs you. Dying to know what you guys at home think about this movie. So write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com and let us know. Without further ado, we're going to jump right into the spoiler-free section. So in this section, if you haven't seen the movie yet, you'll be free to uh, listen without worrying about spoilers. And then if you have seen it, stick around. If you don't care about spoilers, stick around, because after this portion, we'll be getting fully into it. So we're actually going to start with our special guest, uh, Thompson, wow. from the Video Game Pals fame, is I'm joining us Call me a special today. guest. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Uh, I'm not used to seeing you every week, so you're That's special. True, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Thompson's joining us, and Thompson, I just want to get your preliminary spoiler-free thoughts about the film. Uh, it, there isn't much I can say without spoiling, so uh, in, in lieu of, of something contrived, it was a movie, and... I felt things about it, but <laughs> wow. hit us with the fucking spicy hot takes right out the gate, Thompson. <laughs> no, 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 I mean, no. In reality, yeah, like, um, it, it, it has ups and downs, like all things. But generally speaking, like, you know, it, I've seen way worse. Like, I, I think I mentioned to you guys before, like the time I watched a certain movie, Jupiter Ascending, and I just couldn't watch movies for like six months. It's <laughs> not like that. So, um, yeah, overall. I walked out of there a little confused at first. Um, uh, I, I don't. I really don't want to get too far into it because I feel like I'm gonna spoil something. So yeah, sure. it's all right. You know. So so we'll leave it at Thompson said that it's not as bad as the worst movie he's ever seen, but that it's a movie. <laughs> it is a movie. Yes. <laughs> no, I did give it a little praise. I said you know it has its ups and downs. Like obviously ups. I didn't say what they were because it might spoil something. His you know? his praise is it has ups and downs. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. There you go. <laughs> All right, so, Marco, go ahead. All right, so I I came into this movie excited. I want to preface that, right? I came into it really excited. And this movie left me simil- similar to the Thompson confused. But I think what I got out of it in terms of its maybe reflection on certain things uh, in, like, media, uh, the the violence which I, I'm pretty sure we'll probably get into. And then um, for me, from like a storytelling aspect, it's pacing. And we'll get into that. Um, but I think it 
it was definitely different, and I applaud it for that. But I, I think it has flaws, and I'm excited to get into them. All right, all right, Pete. Uh, I would say I'm pretty aligned with Marco's point of view, but I'm definitely going to skew probably I think the most negative in this conversation. Um, I I did not enjoy the film. Um, I I think Joaquin Phoenix uh, had an excellent performance. Like he's a he's an amazing actor, and I think the the reason I got anything out of it at all was because of his performance. Um, I think it was really well shot. Often, um, there's at least one particular visual metaphor that we'll talk about that I thought was really effective. Um, but all that said, I I think so. Okay, what I think the movie does well is evoke moods, but I don't feel like that all all of those elements that are close to coming together they never they never coalesce for me. They never get to a point where I feel like it really amounts to anything that feels. Um, significant. Like, I agree with Marco that it's definitely different, and like, um, something being different in the very saturated superhero or superhero adjacent film market, right? Like, is something that should be praised, but I think that, like, the idea and the promise of what, what we thought this movie could be was far, far more interesting and exciting than what it actually was. And, and that is the exact point where I'm at and where maybe some of my frustration, like the majority of my frustration is like in, in that specific area. Yeah, I think it's it's close to being good. And that's the thing that bothers me the most about it is that like I see a version of this movie that I like, um, but this just wasn't it. Pete left the movie theater saying, I'm not going to have a lot to say about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I just summed up like all my feelings. I don't know how many how many more. He, he I instantly have. <laughs> lied. Like as soon as he got out of the movie theater, he told a lie. Like Pete, not gonna have anything <laughs> to say. Yeah, that's it. Um, do I, do I ever not have anything exactly. to say? Phil, go for it. <laughs> uh, the movie made me throw up. Spoilers. You ruined the drank too much. All right, <laughs> you ruined the mystery. Well, the people that tweet us are, are the ones that are gonna be like, "Oh, I'm gonna guess immediately." <laughs> oh, figured it out. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was really provocative and it was really poignant. Um, the acting was exceptional, mm. <laughs> and. Uh, it it was a very good movie. Mm. I, uh, I I I could see why it's receiving Academy Award uh, talk. Is it really? Yeah. Oh shit. So, <laughs> so wow. Obviously, this movie is very polarizing. Uh, if you haven't figured that out from the reviews and whatnot, we were split. Pretty much. Well, I shouldn't even say split. Uh, the only people who liked it were Phil and me. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. I didn't have a good time in the theater. I won't say that I'm glad I saw it because none of those things are true because the movie is horrifying. Um, and it's very, very, um, I think Phil used the word provocative, which is a really good word. And it's intense. And it's in your face and it doesn't let you look away and that's hard to deal with and i think that 
a lot of the negativity that's coming towards this movie has to do with that. Um, I was extremely yeah. uncomfortable watching the film for the whole one, the whole film, and that's what I wanted to feel. That's what I knew I would feel. I didn't know to the degree, but uh, it's surprising, even for me, someone who was expecting that. It really took me by surprise, and I'm happy to be challenged by entertainment in a world where everything, quite frankly, is so sanitized. And that's the crux of why I like this movie and why I like movies like this, is that it's challenging and it calls into question the status quo. And I think that that's Joker. That is the Joker character. Um, so we'll get into everything else here in a moment. I thought the acting was quite good as well. The cinematography was great. I thought, I think from a technical standpoint, this was a very strong movie. And, uh, I don't know about 10 minutes standing ovation, which is what we heard from, uh, some of the, the earlier screenings, but, uh, award season, I could see this being a contender depending on what the narrative is going forward. So before we jump into... Go ahead. I was just going to agree. With, I definitely would be surprised if Joaquin Phoenix doesn't at least get a nod for best actor. I, I think that is in the cards. Before we get into spoilers, I want to have you guys uh, guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. So we're going to do, as we always do, the tomato meter and the audience score. Um, I've got those in front of me. The only person who looked was Phil, but he looked yesterday. I would bet that things have changed. So, uh, Phil, I'm going to have you go first, and we'll see where you're at. You will be disqualified, though, if you're too close. Um, I feel like I should go last, because... Uh, yeah, your you're pick will influence ours. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Pete? Okay. Um, I hate going first. There's no strategy, you know? Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm going to say audience score is, is going to skew high... I'll give it a 96 audience score. And I think critical score will be a little more mixed. And I'll give that 84. Yeah. 84 critics, 96 audience. Marco? 92 critics, 88 audience. Interesting. (laughs) Thompson? All right. Uh, I think 85 audience and like 90 on critics. All right, and Phil. Okay, so when I saw it yesterday, it was 70 critics. Ooh! And I didn't see the audience score, um, so I'm going to guess on that one and say 85. All right, well, uh, the tomato meter, which is the critic score, is a 69. Oh, wow. the perfect movie. Is it critics? That's yeah. critics? Yeah, critics are 69. That's the perfect score. <laughs> Holy crap. That's way lower than I expected. And the audience score is a 93. What? This is this is So Marco wins that. Could would you guess? Uh, right, you were the closest without going over. Or no, you said 90, Thompson. So yeah, not Thompson gets that one then. Um Congrats. What was I going to say? Wasn't was what was the last movie? Uh, was it was it Last Jedi that had a that, what was the movie that had a uh, low audience, uh, low critic score but high audience score? Uh, I, I don't. That happens a lot more often. But there was like a very yeah, notable one. I can't one. remember off the top of my head, but I know what you're talking about. 
Was it Venom? Uh, maybe. It actually yeah. probably was yeah. Venom. That makes, that makes sense. That was definitely not a movie that landed with critics, but it made a shitload of money and people liked it. So, so all right. We're going to jump into the core of this review. Again, this is going to be full spoilers. If you have not seen it and you care, then you might want to jump off here come back with us. If you have seen it, stick around. If you do not care about spoilers, stick around. So, again, very divisive movie. And I think that sides were clearly drawn when we uh, talked about the spoiler-free stuff And I want to start the conversation by centering it on the performance of Joaquin Phoenix because he very much is the driver of this film. He's in, I I mean, almost every scene, if not every single scene, and he has a lot to do over the course of these two hours. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I want you guys to react to this. I think that Joaquin Phoenix's Joker is the most evocative and accurate joker we've ever had on screen well in fairness i would say our 60s joker was very loyal to that version yeah silver age joker yeah (laughs) Yeah. but otherwise Hmm. yeah well he wasn't damaged enough (laughs) (laughs) no he was extremely damaged he got out of the way early (laughs) well he didn't he didn't write it on his forehead to let people know um (laughs) huh the most evocative and and what was the other word you accurate. used? Accurate. I think I'd give you accurate. Because the thing that I disliked even back then about the Dark Knight Joker is that he's too likable. And I hate that because I think that the Joker, like if you want to talk about glorification, it's not necessarily, you know, a crowd of people standing around the character. It's the way that the movie presents the character to you. And the movie presents the Dark Knight Joker as funny, as likable, as in some ways reasonable. Uh, you definitely can feel where he's coming from, and he doesn't necessarily like. It's been a little, a little bit since I've seen that movie, but he doesn't really kill for killing sake. He doesn't kill like mm. civilians, really. Um, he has. He was about to. Yeah, but he has a. That it's all a part of a plan. He lies in that movie. He says he has no plan, but he clearly does. Whereas this Joker does not. So I, I didn't like the, I didn't like this version because it felt like a, oh my God. It, 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 what is the word? It felt like a, fuck. Re, 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 re. All right. I'm forgetting the word. Reimagining. No. Anyway, it was it, all right, it, it was it was a rationalized version of the Joker. It was like a rationalized version of what you would look at in terms of like a mad like a craziness case or like a, a case of mental illness that leads into some kind of manic state, right? Violence. Yeah, right. It and and there is an essence to Joker, as is any other character that there is an essence of comic book aesthetic that needs to be translated. And I don't think that that portion of the character was translated well enough for me to say that this is something that that, you, that would be as accurate because it's missing that central tenet. Look wise, just just in terms of like as much as there is like a hokiness to some of like Silver Age stuff, or there's like 
ways you can interpret it, but there is still an essence of something that you have to translate from comics to film that is central to like superhero comics. I see what you're saying. Yeah, so so you're saying that you feel like in the effort to make a movie that was like quote unquote grounded that like it 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 misses a little too much on translation for you to agree with that point. Do you okay. think that the Dark Knight Joker wasn't that? I don't because like you said there was still like a likability to him and you need that for something like a superhero story. Like as much as the villain can be the villain, he also be, has to be a villain that you like enough to come back. But hmm. superhero well, we're we're getting we're getting in the weeds um the only thing I I I, I feel on that point, I guess, is that this version of the Joker feels, and maybe it's because they do show the origin, you can see the track as to how he gets here, and it's pretty consistent, and you can understand how this individual, if he were to continue doing what he does, could end up in some of the crazy situations that the comic book Joker ends up in, whereas the Dark Knight Joker is very clearly a man with specific motives, skill sets, and interests that are in some ways very political, which uh, is completely antithetical to everything that the Joker is about. So that's where my, my portion of that conversation regarding accuracy really comes in, and I'll leave it there, and you guys can respond if you want to. I, I would just say, to, uh, to put a period on that for me, is I think, like, to boil down what I feel like you're saying, Sean, it's like the the Dark Knight Joker is like a terrorist, yeah, yeah. you know, um, and this Joker is definitely just a mentally ill dude with a gun. Yeah, you you know what, you know what, you know what, Joaquin Phoenix does here, and I think this is to your point, Sean. Heath Ledger was really popular in pop culture because he was likable, he was quotable. Um, uh, that movie is one of the most quoted movies of the last decade, and it's in large part due to Heath Ledger. This movie, Walking Phoenix, is terrifying, yeah. and he's not menacing outright. Like he's not like he's you, he's not like a typical horror villain type thing. He's he's menacing in his sincere unpredictability because throughout the film you're he he you're presented with multiple delusions that he has and it makes him manic and 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 terrifying yeah and that's something that is important for like the comic book joker yeah i think Thompson, what did you think about the about Joaquin's performances, but also uh, this character? Did you feel that it represented the Joker well, or did you feel like it veered off the path of what you know we're sort of used to? Yeah, like what you had said before about like accuracy and stuff, I think is it's pretty fair for me. Like I, you know, I'm not. It's not a comic that I'm into really for Batman stuff, and I hadn't really read a lot of you know source material for this kind of stuff but comparing the two movies like i had no problem with the the dark knight version and then the one thing i really did pull from this was like seeing this movie made me realize like yeah maybe um 
the likability was a factor of why I had like no problem with it. Like, yeah, it was fun to watch. You know, it has its moments. You know, it's the Dark Knight. I mean, it's you know, it's just it's a it's a fun ride. Yeah. You know, for me, like I enjoyed it. Right. Obviously, with this movie, you're not going to get that sense of like joy out of it. And like as far as accuracy goes, like yeah, I guess that fits for me. Like I. I feel that the Joker should be a character that isn't supposed to, you know, have a great time with, you know, it's supposed to be something terrifying or whatever. Um, seeing Joaquin Phoenix, like the one scene early on where he's got his shirt off and he's like really skinny yeah. and just gross looking. And like, it's, yeah, and he's of, like fucking contorting his yeah, body. He's it's like, he's like leaning over. And so his shoulders are like popping out and his ribs are effed up. And like, it's, it's really, um, that's the kind of like crazy, you know, stuff like, um, that, it looks like a crazy person, you know, the, he doesn't look right. You know what I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. saying? <laughs> and it's not because he like, you know, is, is beat up or anything like that. He just like, you can tell like dude's not healthy right yeah. now. You know, you can see the, the illness on him and further like representation of a, you know, mentally ill person. Like, yeah, I think he did a fantastic job. And like, really my biggest point of this whole movie that I liked was basically everything. Oh, yeah. He's like in most of it, but, he was the only thing that kept me going through this movie really like yeah he was he was great you know i think he did a great job at it like probably the best one i I could have imagined for you know so mental illness has come up a few times in this conversation and i think it's undeniable that the joker is presented as a mentally ill person now that's been a criticism of the film and i wasn't sure what to make of it before I went into it because, uh, you know, I don't necessarily want to see a movie about a uh, that's just about a mentally ill guy who goes out and shoots people. But for me personally, I, I came out of this movie not feeling like that's what it was about. Um, and I, I would love to talk about that because I think that we say that, right? Almost ignoring the fact that every single version of the Joker is mentally ill, right? What is mental illness? The Joker is crazy, and that's why he does what he does. This movie does provide some more context for that, but in my opinion, um, you know, again, kind of going back to that that accuracy, he he would have these problems. He would be, you know, dealing with uh, mental illness in a, in a real way, and I, I almost it was almost refreshing that the movie showed that in an honest way and didn't hide that part of his character behind laughs and jokes what I, well so what i thought was interesting is like because I, I wouldn't say that um to, again I, I don't want to continually make comparisons but i feel like with a character like the joker that has so much history like that's kind of yeah. what you do um i i think what's interesting about this portrayal of the character is um it's grounded in a way that the dark knight's portrayal wasn't and not to say that that character isn't, but to your point, Sean, like he's clearly mentally ill, but he's mentally ill in a um, in a Hollywood way, almost. You know, it's, a, it's like a it's like a it's a jovial way. You know, it's well, weird. It's it's kind of like that, and it's also very much like a um, from the point of view of like a, a domestic terrorist, like a Unabomber type. And this is this is way more a portrayal of um, like a. a a quote-unquote regularly mental ill person, right? Like, a person who, um, you know, it, like, he's a he's an, a victim of abuse, and uh, he has, you know, a 
neurological disorder that like affects how he perceives the world and how he interacts with people. And, you know, he's this person who's abused, who's marginalized because of his illness and who is systematically harassed by everyone from children to other like, quote unquote, like well-functioning adults. Right. So like that, I think that element of it is very unique. You know, like that is, I think, like really the the point that you're touching on, John, is like it is presented in a more real way. And I think that is both good and bad because I think that there are a few plot choices that are like that I think are missteps. And I think that's probably where some of the criticism comes from is that like I think to your point, the kind of person who would go out and shoot people and and all those sorts of things, right, would probably be mentally ill um in a in a technical sense but i think like showing someone who is a regular mentally ill person going quote unquote crazy and and that is kind of a hollywood thing you know like and i think that's maybe where people but are getting tripped hollywood up when that really happens right and that's the thing is like it can and like we see mass shootings in this country every day right so like obviously there are mentally ill people with access to weapons um, who do things like this, but I think the Dark Knight Joker feels more in line with that kind of violent person rather than the Joker that we meet in this movie who is portrayed as, uh, for a large part of the movie, as like a sick person who you are supposed to sympathize with. Hmm. I, I don't know if I... I don't think you're... Re- I don't think the Joker is really... I don't I I don't think he's really sympathetic so much as that he is so much that as he he there are things that happen to him that are sympath you, you can sympathize with things that happen to him. Right, but I mean, like think about the opening the opening scene that we really meet him in, right? Like he's presented and like Thompson said you see him all hunched over and you're like something's not right about him. But we cut to him, he's out in the street, he's smiling, he's be happy he's trying to be kind he's flipping this sign and then a bunch of kids steal it he chases them to try and get it back because that's his job and he's poor and then he gets the shit beat out of him like you're not supposed to sympathize with the character in that moment i I think it's i think that's kind of a red herring scene i I think i think i think the movie lures you in because it's it's like a false sense of sympathy i'll agree with that because it felt like it was too deliberate yeah. Me, right. Like, like I, I agree with that one, where it was like a way to get you comfortable with the character and what you might be sort of going to experience. But I agree, it was like it was on purpose. There's a lot of that in this movie in general. It, it does a lot of things that it lures you in to make you w- think one thing is happening when right. it's something completely different. And you're not wrong, but I I don't think I don't. I'm gonna push back on you because it reminds me of a conversation that you and I have had about like something like Rick and Morty. Where it's like, just because that's the point doesn't mean that all those things aren't true. Like, the beginning of the movie, the perception that the, the film gives you of the character, right, is like, there's that moment, there's he takes care of his sick and also clearly mentally ill mother, uh, there's his co-workers think he's a freak and don't treat him well and take advantage of him, and, the, you know, like, it, it, it is drawn, or driven home. That you're supposed to feel bad for him. It's like cause and effect, though. It's all it's all like a false sense of of 
of of sympathy though because he he ultimately kills the coworker brutally murdering him he kills his mother by smothering her um it, like the, the things that the movie sets up for you to sympathize with you know the the ends don't justify the means at any point and here's go ahead mark sorry and sort of to that point and, and to to answer the question Sean the i think using the mental illness as a vehicle was acceptable because of where we got to because of the end so i think the means were justified in that sense that using him as the vehicle to tell the story through the lens of being mentally ill i think that that was fine like it 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 was appropriate it made sense and i don't think there was a, a concern about that right in my mind i i also feel that there are a lot of villains that we've had across film and you know television and comics who you do sympathize with on some level, right? Like, we talk all the time about how Magneto is a character who you can understand very well. And you can often get caught up in the delusion of, he's actually kind of like a good guy and stuff. And then you realize, wait, no, he's tried to launch nuclear missiles in the U.S. And he's killed, he will kill anyone who's not a mutant without care. And that's where I get tripped up a bit because he... Those those villains, right? We don't necessarily say those kinds of things about, even though we do have sympathetic feelings for them. But they're monsters. Magneto's a an absolute monster, just like the Joker. So my my thing with that, and I, I think that that's a good point. But I think in the context of this film, we we feel that way because we have a history with the Joker. Like I think if you're just looking at the text of this film, you know, not the context of your experience with the Joker, like he isn't a killer in those moments that we're meant to sympathize with him. Like he doesn't become a killer until a way into the movie, like until he's already hit like a rock bottom where like the city doesn't care about him. Like his, you know, mother's dying. Like all this stuff is like, he's just a normal sick person at that point until he accidentally kills someone. He didn't accidentally kill someone. And that's another thing. He, He shot those guys on purpose. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I guess you're right. That wasn't the gun going off. He pulls it out in self defense. Um, which isn't justifiable, but even so, right? The fact that like the first time he kills somebody is because they're attacking him. Like these are all things that like until the tipping point, he's just a sick person. And like, I don't think that like you can like discount those things as like not mattering because he later becomes the character we know him to be. I, I, I wouldn't say that they don't matter. I would say that you are allowed, a film is allowed to express complexity, right? And so while the character may be sympathetic in those moments and phases, um, you don't have to sympathize with him or agree with his decision making ever and especially not later, right? So there was never a moment where he was killing those people where I was like, yeah, good for you. Because even though those people especially earlier on, were clearly scumbags. Um, and the the part of you that sympathizes with characters like Tony Soprano and Walter White wants to see them get vengeance on the people that are harming them, you still know, because you're not a, a monster, that that's wrong. And I think that that's where we often get tripped up with movies like this, where it's like, well, the movie isn't 
explicitly telling you that this is wrong, and so you want the movie to do that. And for me, I'm not saying you, Peter, yeah. I'm saying like you in general. Yeah, yeah. the viewer. Uh, whereas for me personally, it was, okay, man, this like this guy's life sucks, and this is awful. But once he starts doing bad stuff, I'm like, wow, this is not a guy that I like at all. Yeah, uh, in a movie like... Um the the recent Keanu Reeves trilogy, uh, what's it called? John Wick. John Wick, you root for his revenge. Uh, in a movie like Mandy with Nicolas Cage, you root for his revenge. There's a lot yeah. of movies where a character is wronged and you want to see them create justice through vengeance. When when Joker does his acts of violence, it never feels justified. Right. It always feels crazy that's a good point but it's justified to him of course because he's the one doing it right and i think that is a uh, is a point that the movie tried to get across well everyone's the hero of their own story right and so sure for him being the protagonist that's how he's going to feel what i loved about the movie though is that we did get robert de niro's character and even though he was also a jerk uh to to joker in some ways, if you were a real, like, as a real person, you would think, like, if okay, so if he was a, a Jay Leno type, right? If Jay Leno made fun of you on his television show, you would probably laugh as well, and you'd probably make the most out of it. You'd try to get famous on Twitter, you you know, you, you would do things. His response is to kill that guy. And that's not normal. And so... That, I think, was important to showcase because here's a guy, unlike all the other guys, who really didn't do anything wrong to him. He just made fun of him, and that was enough for Joker to murder him, and that is crazy. And the other point that I wanted to make is that Robert De Niro's character, he is us, right? Exactly. He's the audience. If you you are a normal person and you go see Joker and you watch it, you will sim- you will uh, you will agree with Robert De Niro, who's basically saying, "Listen, man, all that you're talking about is cool, but you're wrong. What you're doing is wrong, and that's how we're supposed to feel." Yeah, I think that that conversation they have, like on the air, is very much like the dialogue the viewer is supposed to be having with the film. Right. Yeah i I really like that scene at the end. Like, I mean, that was obviously like the crescendo of a lot of the tension and everything, but. Robert De Niro's character throughout the whole movie was, for me, really interesting because he always was on the TV and it's plot point kind of until it becomes an actual, like, this is the plot now and, like, this is where it's going to end up. And I knew going into that, like, it's not going to end well. I mean, you can just say, like, well, he's killed people before. Like, how's this going to work, you know? But um, I think, like, that was probably the best part for me. I just didn't expect the way it ended. Like I knew it was going to be bad, right? But I didn't know how. Like, like is it a bomb? Is fire? Like what's going to happen? You know, like it, just, just waiting for it. So like as as far as like tension building and stuff goes, like the the way that they portrayed his his insanity like did work for me, but only in that one spot. Like there wasn't the 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 sympathy building stuff and most scenes throughout the movie. Like I was. I just didn't, I didn't really feel it, you know, like I didn't feel sympathetic toward him even in like the early parts, but it, it felt almost like it was too heavy handed yeah. for me. Like it was like, you are supposed to feel for, and it's like, I'm not sorry. Like, I don't know. I just couldn't get into that part. Like, yeah, it sucks. No one should get beat up. Like, I'm not saying like, that's great, but I didn't, it, it felt, it felt forced for me. 
So it almost felt like unbelievable, like a comic book kind of, you know, it felt like out of place a little and it kind of, it made me just expect him to be worse. You know what I'm saying? The, yeah. So the one thing that was weird for me was the fact that he didn't kill more people. I expected him to do that more. So it was weird thinking like, well, he's, he's cracked now. He's killed one. He's going to go on a rampage. There was no like rampage, you know, there wasn't like a everyone. He just, everyone he sees, he kills, you know, I expected that it was, it was, it was more concise. It was focused, you know, like I'm going to kill this guy. Like you said, I'm going to go on his show and that's the point, you know, I didn't think that was the point when he was going on to the show, you know? Well, first of all, I agree with the heavy handedness in with respect to the first time he gets beat up because that to me was a little ridiculous. Like why did those kids care about the sign and whatever? I felt that they could have, they could have handled that better. Like maybe he gets paid and he gets robbed and beaten, you know, something like that. I don't know. But that, that scene just felt a little weird, but, um, yeah. yeah, I think it may have colored my perception for for the next few scenes coming a little bit more that I was like turned off for a little bit. Just like from that, it it, it was just weird, like seeing those kids beat him up over the sign didn't fit for a bit. You the know? thing that I liked though is that look, we live in a we live in a society. <laughs> we live in a society. Oh, we, live in a society. Uh, we, we live in a. We, it's finally the happened. movie does not take place in 2019. The movie takes place in the 70s. And today, if someone around you is mentally ill or autistic or different, most likely you're going to do your best to not make them feel different than you, right? That's what most people would do. Uh, to be just blanketly honest, you're going to treat them most likely with kid gloves. You're not going to uh, – because you don't know – you don't want to offend. You don't want to hurt them. You don't want to say anything. This, is, this movie takes place at a time where a lot of people didn't think that way. A lot of people – weren't like that and the movie specifically is showing people who are screwed up people uh most of the people in this movie are bad or at the very least not great and the people who are not great are the ones who mistreat this guy and i believe that the reason they're doing it is not because the movie needs to get us from point a to point b but because that's how it would have gone down they treat each other fine they treat him differently because of his illnesses and because he's someone that they can prey on without repercussion. And that's a thing in life. You know, that's a thing even today in 2019. That's fair. I, uh, it's something about the way that it was every single facet of his life that was preying upon him. Got me like there, I, I obviously, I, I guess I wanted to believe that there was like, you know, something good, not even something good. Just, it just, it seems like the, the heavy handedness I speak of is more uh, what no, you're, you're just dr- you're exploding. You just spurned a, th- a huge problem I have with the movie in my mind. I'm oh, sorry. Finish I'm sorry. your thought. Just the heavy handedness I speak of isn't necessarily like it, yes, the first scene, but like not so much the scenes after. But the idea that like it, it was such a collapse for him, you know, like it, it seemed too much. Like it, it, there, there had to be someone along the way that was not. I mean, yeah, obviously, like the midget didn't kill him, you know, like or he didn't kill him. I mean, like that's. The only person he said was nice to him or okay to him, and I get that. But it it felt a little forced that every single person or everyone was a bad person, you know. From I mean, that's how I perceived it. it, it this this is a problem I think some folks have with movies is that they project what they want onto it, and the point of the movie is it, it's it's more about this atomization and culture. 
uh, and it's it's allegorical to what's happening in 2019, yeah. particularly with a lot of these, uh, you know, incels who actually are threatening places with violence, um, which is the perception of that incel or Joker in this movie is that they are completely isolated. Joker says this numerous times in the movie where he's like, he says that I don't feel noticed. I want my death to mean more than my life and all this stuff because his whole thing is that no one likes him. Uh, he doesn't have any significant relationships except the one with his mother, which um, isn't authentic anyway. It's a lie. And... <laughs> so yeah, you like you want Joker to have nice people in his life because you want that, like you you want you want that for that person. Like you, that's the thing. You, you're 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 projecting something because like you want things to improve, but at the end of the day, like this is a story about a person who, as Robert De Niro's character said. You know, it's a pity party the entire time for him. So, but here's my issue with that. I man. didn't finish my thought. Okay, fine. <laughs> it's fine. Go ahead. You took a breath, you know. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, like, I, I, I think my issue with that line of thinking is like, I think it assumes that you, the viewer, wants to like root for Joker, and like I don't. But my thing is that like I think that the movie like gets in its own way of being something that works for me because I I agree that the original scene with the children is definitely that felt heavy handed and out of place. But I think a lot of the other stuff, a lot of the very like human moments of him close up, like at home struggling with what he's going through, like him in the alleyway, kicking the garbage can. Like there's these moments of like genuine frustration and hurt and like, seeing him struggle through his illness that work well and for me like i i think i agree with what you're saying thompson about like the like i thought the introduction of the uh element that his mother was also like really insane and abused him and his whole life is a lie i think that really actually took a lot of the piss out of the movie for me because i i really like this story and i went into this story with the expectation that it would be the origin story of this villain because it would be this fall of a mentally ill guy it would be a, like this guy who is ultimately like just a sad person who's marginalized and beaten to shit and you know like l like left behind and how that man is made into a monster i think that's a compelling narrative and i think instead what we get is like you get this backstory and it's like okay cool so he's insane because he's a victim of abuse and he has brain damage and whoa like okay great so that's what? a read no it's not in the we get the reveal that he got the the reason he has the laughing disorder is because his mother's boyfriend bludgeoned his we head. know that but that's not that is that's not it's not said that that's why he is how he is he's not violent because of you don't think that was supposed to be the no, implication i thought that that am i alone in thinking that no, I, I thought that he at least like the brain damage that he got from the bludgeoning contributed. I don't know if it was all of it, but I thought that that was the catalyst at least. Like that's what set him down. Like it was from the path of abuse that led him down here. From that, like at least that moment or 
something close there to that moment. There was nothing that I saw in the movie that convinced me that if they took that out of the equation, he wouldn't have still been a monster. Because before he even knew that, he already was killing people. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that the reveal yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah. I'm saying that. I, I know. I understand. You're saying that because that happened to him, that's what opened the door for him to be that way. But I don't. To be ill. To, huh? To have to be uh, unwell. Right. But again, his unwellness, yeah. I don't. I, I like. I think that people who kill people the way he does in this movie are mentally ill. But I think that you. Just because he's mentally ill doesn't mean he kills people. He kills people because violence was done to him. He kills people because he was hurt badly. He kills people because he's in a deep pain. Before that, he's a happy-go-lucky guy. Sad, yeah, but he's trying to make his life better the best he can. So I don't connect his childhood abuse with his murderous tendencies because those murderous tendencies develop after he experiences real abuse and pain as an adult. Um, that's, that's not entirely true, I don't think, because throughout the movie, you know, the very first scene where he's worth the social worker, and she's looking through his diary, and the first implication, the, the, the first indication of how he wants his death to have more meaning than his life. He's already having suicidal thoughts. The last meeting with the same social worker, he says that he, uh, he says something to the effect of, uh how he feels like no one ever notices him and then when he's at when he's at the hospital with his mother he says he's never been happy a moment in his life sure but he but we're presented with a character who's trying to make things better because he's he's working he's trying to stand up he has goals and aspirations that are more than just being a depressed person or, or, or a psychopath or anything like that. He's, he tries. And there are lots of people that have suicidal thoughts or tendencies who, who aren't murderers that just aren't in pain. And I don't think that those two things have to be related. You could be, you could have happiness in your life and still want to kill yourself. In, in, in fairness, by the time he completely becomes the Joker is when he runs out of the medicine that he's been using for who knows how long he's on seven different kinds of medication though yeah like so that's that's like where i'm coming from with that is like i definitely think that the implication is that like he that his his mental illness is like comes from his history of abuse and like brain trauma and that like when we are seeing him in that place that you're talking about sean it's because he's on medication like get it going to therapy even if it's shitty Like, he's getting some mental health care versus absolutely none, and then has a ton of negative experiences and gets this bomb dropped on him. He had already killed people before he stopped taking his medication, guys. He he was already a murderer. All right, so I I agree there's, like, an underlying basis for you to have to be a killer, but I think earlier to what Pete was saying was just that there was a realization that his – laughter thing wasn't actually and that was the implication that i got was that because he was physically abused he has that like disorder with his just laughter thing outside of it being a catalyst for his mental illness he was mentally ill this is just something that activated uh, like something else that oh yeah but that, that. yeah that absolutely that the movie explicitly points okay, out yeah, that yeah, the yeah. laughter was connected for sure yeah Right, right, right. So let's 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 pivot a little bit because one of the things that 
I really enjoyed, and maybe my favorite part of the movie, was the Zazie Beats interactions. And we didn't know what her character was going to be, um, whether she was going to be, you know, his wife or uh, a woman who hustles him, someone who makes his life worse. As it turns out, she actually has no no relationship to him at all. She's just, but she's cute. That's for sure. She just happens to live in his building, and. Uh, he meets her and builds an entire fantasy around this character. And I really loved that because it sets the stage for what I think is something that people are also overlooking, which is that not everything we see happen in the movie is real. And the Zazie Beats revelation of the only real interaction that he ever had with her at all was being in the elevator was something that I didn't see coming. I felt that the uh, where he barges into her, her apartment and they have sex, the implication is they have sex, I thought that was not real. But that he really never spoke to her, she never wanted to see him perform stand-up, that all of that was fake, that hit me like a ton of bricks. And that's when I knew this guy has a serious problem beyond everything. Um, and and I, 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 I loved that portion of the movie. What did you guys think about A... Zazie Beats and B the role she played in this film I think I agree it was a good twist because I also didn't see it coming uh, I thought it was honestly bad character development at first and I was like, what the fuck is going on why are you who is this person why do I care what are you doing and then they did the, the thing I was like alright fine you got me but like outside of that I don't think I, I, I think she was used to just like prove a point which I think was fine. I, I it would have been more interesting to have integrated her maybe in a in a different capacity outside of her just being meant, being mentally ill, like actually trading off in the moments where like maybe you don't know when it's real and you do and you put into question in that way versus it just being you believe one thing and then because you come to this revelation it's another. I think there was a a way you could play with that a little bit more narratively. Yeah. I, I hear where you're, where you're coming from with that. Uh, I think part of that is a limitation of uh, how much time, the, how much, how long the movie can be. But um, yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. And, and and to it being long, one of my biggest issues was the pacing. Okay, I, it started off terribly slow. Like there were there were moments where you would stay on his face for an extended period but I just thought where it wasn't necessary like there were just moments where I think you could cut through to tell the story because I, I don't think that and this ties to something else but like his acting was fine and I don't think it helped carry it enough for it to warrant extended scenes like those moments where you try to capture like facial or like emotional moments I don't think they they deserve the amount that they got yeah like i i got the message of those emotional moments in the first couple seconds versus the 10 seconds later and it it wasn't one time that that happened or twice you know it, it felt there was a lot of time where it was like yes this is a shot I, I hard disagree with you about the acting point marco but i definitely agree that the film like it should have been edited tighter like i think there are a lot of moments that are like 
Yeah, they linger yeah. and it's sometimes effective, but it's like it, it gets to a point where it's a little indulgent. And I think the fact that like I agree with you that I feel like the film had a pacing issue and that there were storylines that li- like the introduction or um, was it Zazzy was her name? Yeah, Zazzy Beats, right? Uh, like that character, those beats. I think that could have been developed longer. And and taken more time from the in the film so that the twist for people who didn't see it coming would have yeah it would have been even stronger it would have had more impact you know like it would have been another thing to Phil's point that you the viewer is like oh I want to connect with this I want him to have love or whatever and then the more you invest in that the more that twist matters right. and even if you saw it coming I think it's more satisfying if you invest more in that rather than like close-ups that linger for a long time on Joaquin's face, you know? I I can't disagree with any of these snaps, snaps. points more because the pacing... Of, I really like the pacing of the film a lot. I think it's part of what makes it really good because these long shots are indulgent and that's not a bad thing because I think Joaquin's face... His, his facial expressions are incredible, but these, agree. these long scenes help build tension over time. This movie forces you to have to look at him constantly, and as you you you're not given a break from him, he's just constantly with you. And so when the movie starts to build and build and build and it reaches this crescendo of craziness it 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 it, it exemplifies the monster that he's become because you've been with him this entire time through every weird idiosyncratic thing that he's done and it makes you very uncomfortable and then it makes you scared during that entire climax and it make it because you're only with him. There's, there's something almost claustrophobic about it because it's like you're trapped in the room with this truly crazy person. Um, yeah. I, I agree with everything you're saying. I just I think the device is overused. I, for me, every single time they did that, it freaked me out. I was extremely uncomfortable. Exactly, and I think that's exactly why they did it. But I guess you know not everything's going to work for everyone, of course. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anything you guys are saying is wrong there. Like, I think that is the purpose, and I think it is effective. <laughs> so, I wanna. I wanna skip ahead. I've got two two more major things I want to talk about. So, yeah, the, the the way the movie ends, we get the conversation between Joker and Robert De Niro, where um, you know it's it's really intense conversation. We spoke about it a lot already, so we don't have to regurgitate that. What I wanted to ask, though, and this was something that I actually felt during the film, did you guys think that that scene made any sense in reality? Like, would that actually yeah. happen? Yeah, that that uh, there's a lot of things about it that felt weird. Like, I think the way that the way that Murray Robert De Niro's character talks. Things about it felt weird, um, and and kind of the fact that like no one reacts to like 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 no one tries to stop him like you know what I mean like it, it does it did have a, a quality to it that seemed um, 
especially given the fact that things that were presented as real had proven to not be real before. I had a moment of being like, is this real? Like, is this actually right. happening? And I do think it did happen, but I wonder if his perspective wasn't skewed. I don't think so, because they, they showed it on television, like other channels right. in the news coverage. That's, that's a good point. But I it, it, I it did work for me, because there were points... The movie introduced exit points for this to stop, right? Like, there are points where... You know, uh, um, Mark Marin's character says to uh, De Niro, like, we shouldn't have this guy on the show. And and De Niro's like, no, it'll be great. Because he sees him as, you know, comedy he's fodder memes. because he, he's a meme for the 70s. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's like, we got to have him on the show. So I was like, okay, I, I buy it. And he comes out and he talks to him. And it's awkward, but... You know, De Niro's this confident late night host. He's like, I can, I can make something out of this. But when Joker says that he killed the three men on the on the subway train, again, Mark Maron's like, we gotta get out of here. And that's the point where I was like, okay, so like, I was, I, I was consciously thinking about it. But you see it in De Niro's eyes, where it's like, this is an opportunity for more ratings and to talk to this guy. Like this, it was like a, it turned into like a journalism thing. Yeah, confessional. Yeah. Like, like he, he was he was face to face. He started addressing him like like more directly. He was like it, it yeah. became very tense. Yeah, totally. He started talking to him like like he was a reporter. Yeah, like, yeah, like cross-examining. Yeah, yes, yes. And and so like when it shifted like that, I was like, okay, I buy this. Yes, exactly. I agree with that. Yes, I. That entire yeah. scene was super powerful because it was it was that I think the moment was the moment for me where. It sort of remedied some of the, some of the like pacing in the in the, in the past because it allows for that buildup. But I think that that's like the explosion, right? Like that worked on a sort of a political level, right? It worked on a uh, commenting on like the the class system because of everything that had been happening around the. Uh, around the city. So for me, that was a super strong moment because it addressed so many issues. So I, I guess for me, I just didn't believe that something like that would be allowed. Like where was security? You know, where was anyone to stop this? That kind of conversation would not be allowed on the airwaves. And so even people behind the scenes would have just stopped that conversation from getting out there. They, they waited until he got shot. And I just don't buy that. That, bothered me it took me out of the movie because i found myself thinking about wait why like if it would have been one thing if we saw that they cut that they cut that off tv but but murray kept the conversation going because he was so intrigued but i just once he said he killed those people they would have taken that off the air and i think the the studio audience probably would have run too they it's everybody waited too long to take him seriously I they, I think they were everyone was confused by it. Like you could tell, like the the reaction was was off. Like everyone was like murmuring when he said it, and Murray was like, "I'm waiting for the punchline." Right. And there's no punchline, and it it I think I think it's like a slow train wreck is what happens after that. Because like yeah. people start getting mad because they start like yelling at him. Um. I I. I don't know if they would have pulled it there. They definitely would have pulled it right after he was shot. 
which is not what happened. He like went up to the camera and like said yeah. he was gonna say something. Like as soon as that gun got pulled up, they would have up up off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and and you know, where was security? I don't know. I I loved this scene, but the the it it felt like they had to. We had to accept a lot of things to believe that something like that could happen, and because the movie in my opinion, did such a good job of presenting things believably prior to that, that was the one moment where I was like, ah, come on. Yeah, like, it's kind of like, I I was going to say before, it would be one thing if, like, a security guard had tried to run on stage and he pulled out the gun and threatened him or shot him, but, like, that wouldn't work either. So it's like, there's really no scenario where this happens and it makes sense. And you have to just accept that, you know? Right, yeah. So then I, I wanted to move on just to the last sequence where... You know, he does get arrested, Joker does, and uh, all around the police car is a riot going on that you are led to believe, I think, that is caused um, basically by his actions. Not just the what, what happened on TV, but also the murder that he committed on the train and the fact that there was someone with a Joker mask running around or, you know, clown makeup or whatever. Um and it obviously inspired people. And one of the parts about the movie that we didn't really touch on too much is that uh, the city around Joker is also descending into chaos because of, you know, all the problems that you can imagine having a society, having, you know, uh, inequality. Um, Garbage. Super rats. Yeah, super rats. <laughs> you know, um, normal and- shit that people have to deal with, like super rats. Yeah, the, the the movie's kind of tongue in cheek with this stuff because like there are there are legitimate problems like the city cuts uh, mental health where, like uh, uh, funding and stuff like that, um, and so there's like legitimate cause of 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 social decay because of just rampant bureaucracy uh, because of of rampant uh, uh, corporatism and stuff, but at the same time it gets a little tongue in cheek with things like super rats and stuff. Which like feels dissonant, kind of. No, I think it's. I think it's the kind of surrealness of of like what the Joker is. You know, it's yeah. it's it, because the whole thing is like Joker's like life's like comedy and all that stuff, and and there that this all that stuff kind of has those elements to it. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I live in New York, and Super Rats is not funny. Those That's are real. Really, I've lost a, a leg. Problem. <laughs> I, you need to I've take lost the train. loved ones. <laughs> Generations. It's a generational uh, epidemic. I love. Um, I love the idea of like when Marco brought his cat home at first. He was like, "I have to defend him until he's big enough to defend himself from the super rats." Yeah, absolutely. They come uh, once every generation. My grandmother told me about them. <laughs> that's why we get pets. <laughs> so, but so. This part, I also think, was controversial for people because all of these, uh, you know, upset civilians, these citizens, take take to the streets and they start burning things and it's a riot, which, you know, that could happen. Um, the part that I think upset people is the part where they kind of, you know, raise Joker up and they celebrate him. And I think there was a conversation about People feeling as though he was being uh, like glorified. For glorified, right? Yeah. Did you guys feel that way? I don't, um, because I think that 
I think it's pretty clear what you're supposed to take away from that moment, right? Like to me, this actually brings up something that I wanted to talk about, um, which was my my personal favorite example of like the often very good cinematography in the film is um, they keep going back to that scene of him really slowly trudging up this this uh, set of stairs on his yeah. way home, right? And it's like a struggle that he has to go through every day. And that's like constantly mirroring other th- things he's dealing with in his life, whether it's like his job or like after the, the therapy s- sessions and stuff like that. Um, and the one time that we see those stairs and it's not presented that way is when he's on his way to the show and he's like in full Joker mode. He just murdered his, you know, former coworker. Like he's fully descending into that madness. Right. And that's super effective. And I, my issue with that last scene is like, cause by that point I feel like it's very well established that like, what's fucked up about this is that he feels the most comfort he's ever felt in himself now as a monster, as a psycho, right? Fine. My issue with it is more that like the way that the city descends feels like a really mixed message for me because like the, the movie does this job of like demonizing the rich for a while where it's like, Rich people are bad and they're causing all this suffering and everything. But then like the average person who's like dealing with these this garbage situation and the poverty and the rats like they're all portrayed as like, oh, they're all they all go crazy. All the poor people go crazy and riot. And like that really rubbed me the wrong way. And I know that that's not like what the movie is trying to say, but that's like where I had problems with that it felt like very like all right like so what am i supposed to take away here i know i'm supposed to take away a point about the joker but i couldn't like a a movie that's so about its cultural context like that felt really tone deaf to me but not every human in gotham was there like like what what i got out of that scene was the way that an idea spreads to a populace that's already on the edge like in mass Mm -hmm. like to me, it was just they put their ideals behind this because it spoke out against something they didn't inherently like. And they'll accept the flaws of whatever else. And in this case, that he's fucking, oh, he's a fucking lunatic, right? They'll excuse that because, hey, I don't like the, I don't like the rich people either. Like, we're, we're aligned in this regardless of that fact. And, and you can worship that because it's an idea and he's just that vehicle again, right? He's still just that vehicle. I don't think I disagree with what Pete's saying. I think I think that's all pretty salient. Um, well, I, I do. It doesn't matter what you think. Um, <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Oh, episode's over now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I I think I think the movie really crescendos to a point of just complete madness um everything that it's it's interesting because gotham in this movie feels kind of like a living organism and when when as as arthur starts to decline uh so does gotham i I mean they're always they're both already in a state of kind of decay at the beginning but it gets worse and when when joker is taken outside of the the 
totaled, you know, cop car, it, it, it feels like it's a, it's a, it's a, a personification of who he is now. Um, it's like the surrealness aspect of the movie, which is why I, I don't really agree that it's a really grounded movie. I, I, I think, I think there's a good degree of surrealness here. And I think that scene is the kind of, uh, it is the true crescendo of all that because to those folks joker is a hero but we all know that he isn't yeah i i think the reason that that rings so weird for me is because like we see those people portrayed earlier as just like regular people who are like riled up in like a a political like movement that is rooted in valid criticisms of the rich. And like in that scene, the poor people are all crazy and riding in the streets and the poor rich Wayne family gets gunned down in the alleyway. And like that does not, I don't vibe with that at all. Yeah. You're, no, you're, I don't you're applying a lot of, you're applying a lot of things though, that aren't necessarily there. Like, so again, the same poor people that we saw before not the same poor people that we saw at the event and so those people aren't crazy they're just angry and we've seen how anger can become violent from normal people throughout history riots happen and things like that happen because of mistreatment and they're happening now across the world these are real events and i don't think that the movie was portraying anything outside of you know, truth in those moments. And it's a complicated truth, but it is a truth that that happens. And there are riots going on right now in some countries and big problems. And Thomas Wayne and Martha dying in that isn't applying. Uh, it's not a, it's not a value judgment that they're better than the people who killed them because they were murdered. And it doesn't take away from what the wrong that Thomas Wayne was involved in. It's just that they died in the crossfire. I think the only person who you should, not should, but who the movie wants you to feel bad about is Bruce. And we know why. Because he's a kid and he had no part of that. And I think his innocence makes that scene so much more powerful because we know that he didn't do anything wrong. And we know what happens with him later. We know that he's Batman. So I I, I think that that's the only innocent person in all of that. Everyone else is wrong on some level. And that moral ambiguity is what's so effective about it. Holy. Okay. Science. Uh, it was a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, I, I, I think, I think I, I made my case and you know, yeah. The, the one thing at the end, uh, in that final scene, I, I just have to question, uh, the ambulance smashing into the car, like how did they know? <laughs> I don't, that, that didn't make any sense. Like, did they know he was in that cop car when they hit him? I don't think they did. I think it was they just They realized after the fact. Yeah, I think I think it was violence for the sake of violence. And it's like, oh, he's he's in here. I think it's also like established at that point that there's clearly like an anti cop sentiment among yeah. the yeah. protesters got, yeah. or rioters. I didn't know if that was like a planned operation or just or just luck, you know. I kind of got that vibe from it, but like I don't I don't think that's supposed to be the implication. I think I think I just get that vibe because I'm used to that as a trope of the Joker. Sure. I was like, right. I'm on my way to Arkham, and then it's like, nah, bitch, some motherfuckers in clown costumes are gonna break me out. I'm right, out. Right. 
But as an origin story, I mean, it makes sense. That's where you see those those motherfuckers in clown costumes breaking them out. Like, that's where it started. Yeah. This is the original Joker gang. So, I have one last question before we wrap up here. Do you feel, ultimately, that this movie should have been made? Because so many people have said, don't make this movie. There's a responsibility on the part of the creators to... Uh, not put a movie like this out in the times that we're living in and uh, that, you know, it, it could do more harm than any potential good. So now that we've seen it and we're on the other side, where do you stand? Nope. That's dumb. Movies, like art, th- like there, that's not a valid conversation in my mind. Like the movie, like it's art and like the person's vision or whatever, like has the right to exist, you know? And like, it's up to us as the society in which that the society, which we live in, um, which this film was made to represent. Like it's our job now as the audience to view it and decide whether it has merit or not, you know? But I don't, I don't agree with that as a, as an idea. And I think that like, in this specific example, I think it's like a very um, – I think it's kind of like a a, a, a left-wing equivalent to like demonizing video games for causing violence. Like this movie is not going to make killers. Like I, I guarantee a lot of incels are going to look at this and be like, yup, like this is for me like and whatever. Um, but to me, like it's no different than Fight Club, right? Like how many like – dude bro assholes do you know who like identify with Tyler Durden and and Fight Club and totally missed the point that it was a novel written by a gay dude that was a critique of toxic masculinity and capitalism like here's the point here's you missing it right and like I think that will happen with this film but does that mean it shouldn't exist or like no not at all and I didn't like it Uh, jumping off that point um, I agree that this movie has every right to be made and even though I, I didn't like it as much as I would have hoped or was expecting to I don't think that 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 it shouldn't be made to continue to challenge where comic book movies need to go in the future like this this still needs to come out because it's still playing with the form it's still Trying something new is necessary if you want to continue to see that grow. So while, again, I didn't like it, it's still a movie that we we would need or would want to have. Yeah, I, I think it should be made. I don't see a reason to, you know, it's not Cannibal Holocaust, right? There, people aren't, like, literally being filmed dying and stuff. Like, it, it needs to be said some <laughs> things need to happen. And I think that it, it's it's... Not you know, not every movie has to be something that you'll enjoy necessarily. But people make things that they need to put out there, and I uh, wholly agree with Pete on that. It's it's art, make it, and it's up to us to decide on you know how we want to feel about it. Or you know, people are gonna miss the point for sure, but make it. That's how I feel. I like I to jump off that point, Thompson. Like I think like. If you feel that way about this movie, I think it that's why it needs to exist to have the cultural conversation about why maybe why like it's wrong or why it shouldn't or whatever. Like I think critique it all you want, but don't don't argue that it shouldn't shouldn't exist. I, I don't I don't like that attitude about art. Yeah, I I I I, I mostly agree. Um, 
the one thing that I am concerned about is there are a lot of incels out there who I think will watch this movie and like this character in this movie may feel activated to do something bad. I'm not disagreeing with that, but I think that if it wasn't this, it would be something else. And I think that it's at least if like having seen this and knowing where it was, it was a tasteful way to get that out. And people, if they were going to be like activated, at least, you know, we can see that those people are clearly not getting the point of the movie. Um, Phil, while we've been talking about this, you've brought up that it's like surrealist and it's, direction can you speak more to that because i think it's as we've had this conversation i think that's been something that's been changing my opinion a little bit and i i'm 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 interested i i i i don't think it's wholly surrealist i I think it it becomes surreal at times and it's a little bit of a half-baked thought but um i think every time we we navigate through his delusions and also his mother's delusions uh, there's a de- there's like a degree of surreal a degree of sur- surrealness with that because um, every time we see a scene where he's with um, with with his non-existent girlfriend, there's 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 something really um, there's something really otherworldly. Yeah, there's something Ethereal. really fascinating about that um, with all like the hyperbolic narrative about Gotham and the city and how bad it is and the the way it kind of crossroads with with Joker's story it, it like the the fact that Joker shoots Robert De Niro on live television the way he does there's something fantastic about that um it's okay. it's not really like sean said like and, and peep alluded to like there was a moment of like is this really happening and it does but th- that's that's kind of the that's that's how fantastic it becomes because it, 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 at that point it doesn't the, the the lines that blur reality and fiction are ofer- officially blurred and when we see these clowns in the street like celebrating him as a hero that too also feels fantastic and crazy like like the joker's whole thing is that he's crazy the end of this movie just becomes crazy that after all this when he's in in arkham he's being chased around after he murdered his psychologist like that, like it, it because there, there's, there's, it, it kind of finally hits a note at the end of just pure absurdity. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and it feels I like a Buster it. Keaton movie that's violent at that point. It, it it had me questioning what I, what was real and what wasn't that I was watching, and with the Joker, I think that that's always something that you should have in the back of your mind. And while this movie didn't have the, you know, different versions of his origin, uh, it had moments where it's like, you think he has a girlfriend? He don't have no girlfriend. Um, is he really being chased around by, you know, orderlies? Who knows? Is his mom really abused? Like, uh, is his mom really his mom? 
Is his mom really his mom? The rug gets pulled out from you constantly. Exactly. I love that. And it's so fitting for a movie about the Joker. I, I wanted to answer my own question, though, and then we can get out of here. I think that this movie has as much of a right to exist as anything else. And I think that the movie tells you through the conversation between Joker and Robert De Niro's character that that reaction is just as bad as anything else you can think of that's bad, right? Because Joker says, you guys try to make the rules. You try to say what we can and cannot laugh at. You try to say what's funny. But you don't get to say what's funny. I get to make a joke and you get to laugh or not laugh, but I think it's funny, so I'm going to say it. And I think that that moment encapsulated what's been wrong with the conversation surrounding this movie and where we, you know, we need to we need to grow up a little bit as a society and accept the fact that not everything is going to be for us, but that doesn't make it wrong. It doesn't make it we don't need to make a moral conversation out of everything we dislike. You heard it here first, folks. Sean thinks the Joker was right. About that, yeah. John thinks the Joker <laughs> was right. Everything he said was right until he blew Robert De Niro's face off. That was a little wrong. A little. A little. Like, wait, a little? Like, there's a there's a halfway point. <laughs> Sean's, Sean's a backpedaling a lot right now. <laughs> what do you mean? Just because before you're just like obviously like you know he's a monster he's a killer but now you're like I mean look the guy's got some points like (laughs) well you got you guys don't realize this but uh, every now and then I too walk up a long flight of stairs in clown makeup and dance (laughs) guys is it just me or is there a smile on that face. I want you to just go stick your fingers in Sean's mouth and just no just like. No, you don't. No Too one far. wants. No. That was crazy. No one wants me to put my fingers in Sean's mouth, or any my anything, any of his orifices. <laughs> oh. oh, okay, let's go. <laughs> All right. Any, any final thoughts before we get out of here? All right. That's all, folks. So we're gonna lightning round. Give our uh, our score for this movie, Pete. Uh, I've thought about this a lot. Because I knew Quick. we were going to have this conversation. Six. Marco. <laughs> wow, 6.5. Thompson. Uh, six. Phil. Eight. Eight from me. That's it from the Comics Pals for Joker. Uh, mixed bag. And, uh, well, yeah, I guess that'd be like a seven, right? Yeah, right. And I think that's where it's landing. So that's pretty good. Wow. Um, Damn. Yeah. <laughs> The average prevails. Look at us, professional critics. That's right. So let us know what you guys thought about the movie. You can get us on all social media platforms, as we said. You can write to us at thecomicspals.gmail.com. All that stuff really helps us out a lot. And we'd love to hear from you on this subject. And uh, if you haven't ever heard of us before, again, we are the Comics Pals. Normally, we do a podcast weekly about comics and movies and all that jazz. So if you're into that stuff, as I would imagine you are because you're listening to this, go check out our regular show. So with that, we're the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. <sighs> guys, we made it through this whole thing without Phil doing a shitty Joker impression. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>